Hey everyone, and welcome back to Country Music Made Me. Thank you so much for joining us once again. If you haven't already, please be sure to check us out on social media. We're available on all platforms, so just head over, search Country Music Made Me, and give us a follow. You can also visit us at countrymusicmademe.com to sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content. On today's episode, we're excited to be joined by Noah Hicks. Now, Noah's only 23, so he's just beginning his journey, but things have moved quickly. We had a great time talking about his upbringing in Georgia on a 100-acre chicken farm and how that has progressed to a fast-rising career in Nashville. So please enjoy our conversation with Noah Hicks. I saw you announce some dates. You're going to be going out uh, for some shows on your own and then also joining Ernest on the road. Now, you talked about setting up your set list, and I saw some videos rehearsing the show. Now, how important is that as an artist to have that preparation and not just be stepping on stage, but have the preparation and know what you're doing during that show? Man, I mean... You could, you could, you know, do the bare minimum, but if you want to bring your best and have the best show, I mean, we just talked about having a full track out set. We're in the sense of they, we press the space bar and it goes. And, there's, and you know, you have to just – there's no dead time. And if there is dead time, it's for me to get a water while the band's playing something, you know, heavy or whatever that is, something rocking or whatever. So it's very important to have – to make sure, especially when uh, having filling guys and stuff like that sometimes uh, – and rehearsal is very important. I mean, it's one of them things I'm pretty, uh, I'm usually, if I forget lyrics, it's because I just brain fart in the moment. I have had some pretty big brain farts for sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, rehearsal is very, very important, especially to keep, just to hang with the guys too, man. Just to keep, you know, keep morale high and just hang with them, see how they're doing. You know, it's real easy to get caught up and not check on people when you're just, you know, run, 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 run. And now we talked about you're 23 years old. Now, when Mm -hmm. I was 23 years old, I certainly didn't have a mindset of necessarily what I was going to do with my life or working hard to get there. I was more focused on myself and partying and living the life. So for you at this point at 23, to put in that hard work, but to also live your youth and and live your younger days how do you balance that of enjoying yourself but also knowing that if you want to have a career in this you got to work hard and you can't just go out and party and enjoy yourself but you got to be there each and every day i mean you just got to know what things you can go to and what's beneficial and what's you know there's an opportunity in everything so you got to know what's which ones to take and you know which ones to see out and which ones that you know you know there's opportunities that I thought that I might could happen that never happened, you know, on the, you know, or whatever that is. And uh, just really knowing some people can go out and do it. I'm one of those people that can't, you know, so like I, I need my sleep. And so just keeping, keeping your head down and knowing like, know what's best for you. If you're one of those people that need to network, then going out and networking is, you know, a very big, crucial, important part. But if you've already kind of got that down, I've kind of like have the the lesson of ain't nobody that you really, 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 really want to talk to at a label publishing company or anything like that are staying out past midnight. I promise. And, and cause they got to work the next day, most likely, or they got, you know, they just, you know, they're, we're not just 
it's a different level. So some people are, and I can't, you know, there's some really successful people that are you know, out getting lit every night of the week, which is fine. That's, that's, that's their thing. But, you know, people I, you know, really want to associate myself with are, you know, hardworking, you know, not scared to go out and do it. And you probably should do it every once in a while, but for special occasions, for sure. You know, it's one of the things that you just got to find the right balance. You know, it's, you know, I luckily, we we had COVID when I turned 21. So I, you know, I got to experience a little bit of Nashville, but I didn't get to like experience all of Nashville, which is probably a good thing because I, you know, settled down a whole lot and grew up and, you know, gained a little bit more to lose, I guess you could say. And so. Right. Yeah. Now on that hardworking side, let's go back and talk about the youth and talk about growing up and how that shaped you into the man who you are today. Because yeah, growing up in Carrollton, Georgia, on what was it, a hundred acre chicken farm? Yes, around that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that seems like a lot of land. So growing up, did you have free reign as a kid, oh, just yeah. wherever you wanted to go? For sure. I mean, we didn't have much, I mean, many boundaries, and there was more land that we had to explore too. So, I mean, it's bad as to say, we, you know, we, we tore down a few trespassing signs, I guess you could say. I didn't see one, you know, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, know. exactly. So, but we had a bunch of fun on four wheelers and stuff like that. And there was a, uh, a, or there still is, but it's a power plant and it's a reservoir that is, um, that is right by the house. And I guess it's a reservoir and a reserve. So there's a big lake and there's nothing. There's like 2000 acres, of just logging trees, logging pines and some hardwoods. And, uh, yeah, it was nothing but logging roads as we used to ride full wheelers on and go to the power lines and go ride dirt roads. And, I mean, there's a – you can go to the Chattahoochee through a couple of dirt roads by my house or whatever, go to another county. You know, just, just like – just riding – yeah, just riding full wheelers everywhere. I mean, I've been – yeah. We've done, I've done some stuff that my parents probably wouldn't be happy with, but I definitely had some free range. <laughs> <laughs> and so how's that prepared you for now in your country music career and your writing? And do you pull from those experiences quite a bit when you head into the writing room? Oh, I definitely lived the, I mean, grow fifth generation on a chick on a farm, dead end of a dead end road. Didn't grow up on a dirt road, but it felt like we did. And, you know, it was always dust in my eyes, I guess you could say, and freaking. I mean, yeah, it was literally just the, the dream going up. You think about it. It's once I moved away, I definitely appreciated it a whole. I appreciate it a whole lot more when I go home now. Especially, right. you know, I brought. I just started dating someone, so I brought her home, and she's from Connecticut, and she was literally like, "I've never heard something this quiet." Like, and and like being your home, like you know what I'm saying. Like, she's been out to some cool places, but like, uh, she was like, "This looks. This is like a a." Uh, What's that? The, there's some right. There's some movie about about a cowboy. It's like some chick flick, and she said it. Like it's, she was like, "This is exactly what I think about <laughs> when I see this." Because I got a pretty. I, we have blessed to have a nice farm, and where I grew up, it's a very cool house, gorgeous sunset view, and stuff like that. And yeah, it's one of them things that we can our own food and can our own like vegetables for the winter and grow it. We, everything we eat, we grow. I know exactly where it comes from. I mean, it's kind of the chickens are. Uh, are industrialized, I guess you could say. So we rarely get to eat our own chickens, but uh, I'm sure we did. But uh, but yeah, I know where all the cow comes from and vegetables. I mean, we, my mom's got a green thumb, so she grows everything. So, I mean, there's plants all in the house. It's 
three cats, one dog, got a bird, cows, horses, mules. It's just, you know, big old, what a big old farm. <laughs> that is amazing. And you were able to feature sort of home in some of your music videos. And I saw that your grandpa, your papa, I think you call yeah. him, was featured in one of your videos. And I wanted to ask about him and the man that he was and how he influenced you growing up. Man, he is, uh, he's probably one of the biggest influences I have. Uh, he, the same hay, the same hayfield we have across the road and, uh, from his house or whatever. And from our house too. Um, it's the same hayfield that he picked cotton from and like pulled like horse and mule, like, wow, they were like, they were pretty poor, very poor. So like, it's very cool to like know that, uh, I mean, he knows nothing but hard work. He's literally doesn't have a stop button. I mean, he uh, tries to stay awake in, in his chair, but he falls asleep when he wakes up again and tries to stay awake and fall. You know, it's just one of them, like, he just, he's just persistent, hard-headed. But, I mean, he's definitely, he's got, you know, a bunch of family, brothers and sisters or whatever. And just, you know, hearing the stories, he's pretty, he's definitely among the healthier ones. And just knowing, thank God for that, but just hearing the stories of like what they, I mean, riding the wagon to school and just like walking, like just all of this stuff. It's just, even my dad's side is the same way. My, Cause I'm, I'm blessed to have, it wasn't, it wasn't always this way, but it's been about probably 15 years maybe of uh, my second, my dad's side. That's my mom's side. That's the farm we grew up on. Oh, okay. And their maiden name, they're the rivers. And that's what our farm's called rivers farms. Oh, okay. Uh, and the Hicks, they, you know, grand, grandma and grandpa Hicks, they lived, they moved up the street. Dad right. built in my house long, you know, long time ago, whatever. So, oh, wow. It's nice to have both set of grandparents on the road, but uh, I definitely grew up. Pop all the one in the No More of a Music video. That's actually in his shop. And that's chicken houses. You see those are chicken houses. I mean, that's what you're literally, you could see my house. I mean, you could basically, you know, all them kids and all them, you know, people that we had in the music video and stuff like that, those were all like people from around the county and just like my sister's friends and stuff like that. And just, I mean, yeah, we freaking, I definitely got to, that cornfield was, you know, somebody's cornfield that we know and just, you know, just stuff like, it's just, it was just cool to definitely just get to show that and also have Rhett. Uh, the Rhett scenes weren't, we didn't film that back home. We did that, posed out on a farm in Tennessee, but a lot of the stuff back home was, or a lot of stuff of just me was back home for sure, which was very, very cool to, to have an experience, just to even film back home. It's just a cool feeling. That's amazing. And now within your youth, we have to talk about your show pig days. I want to hear about oh, this. Yeah. And funny. I believe there was Pinocchio and Oreo, I think were two of your you show down, pigs. You far. <laughs> so tell me about that. What what is that life like? I mean, wait, you ever heard you know what FFA stands for? No. Fathers feed animals. I'm just kidding. No, it stands for Future Farmers of America. Oh, okay. And, uh, that was the organization I was. I'm a part of. I still. I guess you could say you're still a member, um, or whatever. Uh, but um, yeah, that's just getting a pig. I've, ninth grade year, my brother showed pigs, and that was always something fun to go do. I hang out with him and his buddies and stuff like that. And ninth grade year, I got a my first show pig, and you get it like a 30, 40 pound pig, and raise it up to the show weight. I think it's a uh, two fifteen to two eighty five is like the, the weight in between you have to grow it. Oh wow! I can't remember how long it grows, but I mean it's a, I mean it's a man, it's a one of them things that got me out of a lot of school. 
I'll <laughs> just say that. That's one thing it did. It got me out of a lot of school. That was probably the main thing, reason why I was definitely more attracted to it because I watched my brother. My brother didn't go to school because of ag. And because he had two really great teachers, Mr. Uh, Chuck Joyner and uh, uh, Mr. Mark Lashley. Uh, every ag teacher I've been a part of has been great and they've also had a part of my life. But like those two guys, those two fellows were like the ones that I was tagging along when my brother was in high school. So I was like the young, I always hung out with my brother and his friends and stuff like that. So I was always like tagging along and yeah, Mark taught me for two years to move back home to Bangor, Georgia, but it was one of them. And he showed pigs in his high school. And I think Mr. Joyner was his uh, grand boys were showing pigs. And, and I, I graduated with one of the uh, Chuck grandkids, uh, Rick, but uh, yeah, we just, it was a big thing. Like it was, I mean, there's a, it's a, like a, it's a kind of a crazy thing. And pig showing is not as crazy as like cow show and stuff like that. Like it's cow showing is like big money sport and oh, okay. it's still big money in pigs. And, but it's just one of the things you just wake up every morning and feed it and got to make sure you got to be home and feed it at night. And, you know, cause dad fuss at you if you don't. And yeah, it's just one of the things you have to walk it, you have to exercise it, practice with it and like, oh, you wow. know, make it your own, but yeah, it was good eating too. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say at the end of the day, did it become uh, dinner for you? For sure. Was that was that difficult though in raising this and showing it and then seeing it on the dinner table? You don't think about it. At least I don't. I mean, I, I might be like, mm, had some good times. <laughs> One last go around, I guess. You know, I don't really that they don't that stuff you can grow up around it. I mean, life and death, it's kind of a it's kind of a very normal thing going on the farm. I mean, you can't you got to know it's, you know, just literally the circle of life. Right. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's, I'd rather eat them than, I mean, it piss you off just enough. I mean, for sure. It's not like, it's a, yeah, they're hard headed for sure. So <laughs> That's hilarious. And now on the music side, I read that your dad's side was sort of the musical side. What did music sort of mean for you in your younger years? on that side of the family did they play did they sing or was it more just listening to music my dad i didn't my dad would sing around and stuff like that he wasn't he can play piano a little bit um but my uncle Dwayne, his brother led worship and play guitar all his kids play an instrument um of some sort they all play guitar but they all play you know the oldest one can play like a bunch of things jeremy actually moved in that the, the second uh oldest moved to Nashville and tried to pursue the same thing. I guess I was doing, I don't really know exactly what his like plan was. I haven't really talked to him much about it. Oh, okay. We'll figure out. But, uh, he did the same. He's in California. can play guitar, sing. The third daughter, Kristen can do the same thing. Matthew can play drums. He's the youngest son. And, uh, I think my aunt Darlene can play piano. I think my aunt Joy can play. It's just the musical. Like that was definitely where the, the, but I, and Kentucky is definitely like a bluegrass state, obviously. So yeah. that's definitely my dad. I mean, my dad listens to but gospel music. You know, he doesn't. Oh, okay. listen, he listens to the, the radio, but he wouldn't know. It's the shock radio that's playing, or the, you know, or the, if he's and if he has the choice to listen to gospel music in his truck, he's gonna listen to it. So it's that you know, moving up to heaven. You know, it's like it's like some like old school stuff. So I, that's kind of what I grew up listening to. So I mean, the second we listened to country, but the second I heard like rap and rock and stuff like that, like. That's what I definitely started, especially rap. I used to love rap. Okay. And, and yeah, so that side kind of was like the influence. My, my best friend got a guitar and then I didn't get one long after 
Jimmy or Ryan. He, called, he changed his name, which is kind of crazy, but Jimmy not. Uh, yeah, uh, he got a guitar. We just like practice riffs. Was that in that third was, grade? Yeah, around, around that time. Yeah, he was like second grade, third grade. Yeah. Oh, okay. And just started just playing and um, started, te- started playing in the youth band at sixth grade. And um, yeah, by ninth, tenth grade, we, we were like better than the big big church band. So it's just one of them things that we were, my cousin played drums, Jimmy would play on lead guitar, I'd be on rhythm. And that's like, a, I always thought about singing, but I never like did. Um, I always saw myself on a stage though, when I would like, listen to a song, I would think about me playing the solo or playing the guitar instead of playing like, but instead of being the lead singer, I have very imaginative like daydreaming mind type thing. And uh, kind of got kicked out of church band, I guess you could say. I just got asked to. Kind of? I mean, you just can't, you just can't be, you just can't, you know, you can't be, you can't drink beer. <laughs> you can't be, a, you can't dip and like, you know, just like, I was just, I would push it. I was probably being a little punk, but it's oh, whatever. Okay. Uh, I'm sure I wasn't, the, you know, I was living them. I, I was living out them country songs for sure. Right. <laughs> you know, especially the early, early teens and stuff like that. Thousands, like their early 2000 teens, uh, whatever songs. I definitely was living those out. Um, started singing. My buddy Reed Morris, um, another artist in town. He was kind of already doing the artist thing in Charlton, playing these little like Irish pubs and, you know, some like private gigs. And I started just playing rhythm guitar, lead guitar and just helping him, whatever. Right. Just hanging out with him. Mom, his mama told him told him that she really didn't like him hanging out with me, which is funny. <laughs> if that tells you anything, <laughs> I was an older kid, but I was not the best influence. I guess I was just I was just I just loved to live out them country songs. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> and yeah, I sang one. Like he called me out on stage one night, and I sang, and people were like, "You're pretty good." And you know, we we start we kept singing together, doing things, and I started. To do come by myself, and that's when I kind of started splitting up. You know, there wasn't no harm. We're still best friends. We still, we I talked to him today. Like we still chat every other day and every day almost. And uh, yeah, I think we still snap. We snapchat snapchat each other every day for sure. But we're talking. You know, I'll you know, just keep in touch and yada yada yada. He's doing he's doing his thing and he's working his moves, and I help him out wherever I can. You know, whatever that is. Like it's cool to like. We know we're both doing it. It's real cool to sit around sometimes. We're like, dang, dude, we're doing this thing. So it's just cool to like sit back and know that like it's a 10 year town. So just, you know, just set the cruise and just try not to lose momentum, you know? Right. Yeah. Now, within that first performance, when you finally jumped on stage to sing, do you remember that feeling? Like what was going through your mind? I was so nervous. I was so nervous. I, 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 just, I didn't, I hated it. I was like, this is like, this is, this is. I was playing, I knew I was playing too fast and I knew like I was, it was just very nerve wracking. I still get nervous before I go on stage. I mean, it's especially like, I just get nervous. It's not like a, it's not a thing that I hope to ever lose. I've had moments where I've stepped on stage and been a lot more comfortable. You know what I'm saying? There's definitely moments where I, you know, stepped on stage and been like, but I still get that. Like my heart still races like crazy. And uh, just the fact of, I don't even know what, I don't even know if you'd call it like tattoos. I would never get a tattoo because of the commitment of like, it's there. Like it's, you can't, you can't do it over. Right. Right. Unless yeah. you get, you know, whatever. So that's what a show is. Right. It's like, you cannot, once you step on that stage, you're, that's it. Like you have to, you have to do what you're supposed, what you're called to do. And being, I played sports, but not 
I think I only did one year of tackle football, which is very, which I was very young still. So I never had that like game time thing going on besides right. church. And that wasn't like, I was reading sheet music and it was super easy. Like, you know what I'm saying? I got yeah. like, so it's just like that game time feeling of like, that's like, I get that like, okay, don't mess up. Remember the lyrics and have fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? right. All that you know what I'm yeah. Like, so, so, you know, it's just one of the things you just got to keep, I don't know, that little jitter. Was that 2016, like 17 years old when you first jumped up on stage? Yeah, I was, I graduated in 2017 and it was the summer of it. Did I see that in October of 2016, you played the Back 40 Bash opening for Riley? Oh, yeah, so I guess it was 2016. Holy, uh, that was a, uh, sorry, I don't, I'm bad at I'm bad at numbers and yeah, no, it's all good. You just, that just like mine screwed me a little bit. Uh, yeah, that was that was before I. Uh, I guess that was after I uh, started singing a little bit, and uh, that, that was I definitely started singing. I definitely had my first time in 2016, man. Because um, yeah, we played that back 40 batch. I only got to sing one song, and I sing Hurricane. And oh, I, remember, okay. I remember that was the night that they sang it back. They sang that song back to me, like I did the whole like I watched like million videos of how Luke Combs did it and I did the like let them sing the last course whatever and that it was crazy that's like I remember feeling that feeling of being like dude I could I could control that crowd like I 100% did that and yeah it was just a really freaking crazy feeling and I remember I can't like if that's somebody else's song imagine that's my song so I've never chased a CMA I've never chased the Grammy I've been like I could literally give two shits about those like I don't care like I'm not like that's not like if I never get one of those, I don't care. But I like I will sell out stadiums. That's kind of like where my head's at. I'm like, that's like st- stadium or bus. It's kind of like, you know, arenas are great, but stadiums are bust. It's like it's and I know it's going to take a lot of work and who knows how long. God knows only how much time. So it's just got to know what I'm chasing and know what you know. Know my order of that that night instilled me of like those are fans and those are you know. I have no idea who they were and they have no idea who I was. And, but I still, we, we met on one common ground and imagine if it's like, imagine the feeling of that being your song. So it's like, I don't know that that common ground is even more like spiritual almost, honestly. Like if you have people like feel your music, that's kind of like a, that's a, it blows my mind. Like know my songs. It really does. It blows my mind. It's so crazy. And yeah, it's just freaking wild. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now within this journey to get to playing stadiums within this country music career, it feels like the mind is very forward focused. But for you and your experiences so far, like I saw that FGL and of course, Luke Combs were some artists who inspired you on your way up. And now sure. within this career already, when it comes to FGL, you were able to join Chase Rice or some shows and you were able to jump up with him and sing yeah. cruise now a co-writer of cruise and you're singing with him and then also with luke combs you had a chance to play the tailgate party outside his stadium tour in seattle that was incredible that was and i mean there's there's a lot of there's a lot i mean for example i made his first band member i like became buddies with was rob wilford and his neighborhood is the first house I ever stayed at in Nashville was a crazy story. I woke up 
hungover in a hotel room. Like I just played the bar at the hotel the night before in Alabama. And I had no idea where I was staying in Nashville. I just told my parents I was going. And uh, I, I played the show the night before, and I had buddies I was hanging out with that like that night. It was a big kind of like, – a lot of people were there. It was fun. And, and it's a picture of me, Corey Daly, and Colton Friday with, with Chaston uh, on my Instagram somewhere. And that next night – or that next morning, uh, or that night or whatever, I talked to a girl named uh, Charlotte, and she gave me a name, or she, like, reached out to some people, and they, like, I got, I called this number basically in my pocket the next morning. And they're like, yeah, we're ready for you. And by God, if Rob's neighborhood isn't literally, like, across the street from the house that, like, I was crashing in. So it was just, a, like, I remember, like, driving, first time going to Rob's house, I was super excited, you know, like, just look up. I've, I've known him for forever, so I'm, I'm going to Rob Wilford's house. Like, this is crazy. And uh, I remember Nate Smith was there. Andrew Nunakis was there. A couple other cool people were there. That, that, that day. It was before Nate took off, too, which is funny. Um, uh, but, yeah, I just remember driving around. Like, this feels hella familiar. And I started – I took a ride. I was like, that's so crazy. That's the house that, like – it was just one of them, like, a god wink, I call them. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like you're, in the, you're headed in the right direction. So like, dude, it's it's life's literally. I can the right I write with tomorrow. Like it's just like crazy, just to me. The rights I'm in. That I mean, that's just one tip of the iceberg to me of just the art. I mean, I, I mean, I'm enjoying honestly as much as much as the songwriting journey. It's like what talking to learning. You know, talking to Chris Tompkins and writing with Rodney Clawson. You know, golly, Cole Taylor, Jordan Walker, Chris Brad Clawson. There's so many people that I can like name off like that just learning the story of that, of just hearing the artists are cool. Like I'm, I'm, I enjoy the, the soul, like the seed of it, if that makes sense. Cause it's all good boys down to the song, which is cool. I mean, that, that's a, that's a, I never even, I didn't think about that. I forgot he wrote the song. I knew that, but like, that's a, another little cherry on top of that night of whatever. Um, that was a night we got to hang out, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's crazy just to even think that, I'm in an office and it's my office technically. And I got my own code on the door and I got like this, whatever that is. Like, it's just, it's crazy. Like, like Cole Taylor's guitar is right there because, you know, like, I just, because I know that's his guitar because the last time he wrote, he left his guitar right there. Oh, and that wow. was last week. So like, you know, just this stuff like that is just typical. And, you know, you can lose sight of it, but it's cool that, there's a lot of you can you can definitely lose sight of it, but you know here lately I've definitely kind of caught track of all that stuff. Yeah, do you want to make sure that you don't lose track of it and get too caught up in the journey? For sure, you because that this I mean, if you don't know if you don't realize if you're not grateful, you might not. I mean, I know some people that I I've talked to people, artists that are blowing up and stuff like that, and had a lot of success, and you can get to your head fast. And if you don't lose that, hey, we are like in a really cool position to not only like spread whatever you want to spread, but also minister people in a way of like, you know, they, they either pay their hard earned ticket to come see meet you. You why would you not give 110% of yourself, you know, and whatever that is, take that picture or sign that sign and, or down to just grinding, knowing putting a hundred percent of your, in the song, right? It's like, you just got to be just fully focused and know that it's a, it's a, it's a blessing to even do music as a living. Cause it's funny when I hear people say it's hard work, it's just mental hard work. 
I don't know what hard work is anymore. I grew up doing hard work. I don't really like, I mean, hard work ain't my vocabulary anymore in the grand scheme of like pushing a shovel. I don't want to do that shit no more. You know what I'm saying? I'll do it. But I like, I don't, what? Like, I, I got to go to this restroom. Like, you know what I mean? And leave. Like, it's not, I'm just, you know, that's just because music, I mean, we're in air conditioning all day. Like, there's some hard stuff that goes along with it. It's a lot of, can be taxing in the brain, but, and no hate. And I hope people don't hear this and think that I'm just like, whatever. But I just know that. Go drive downtown and see them people freaking on the construction site. That's hard work. Go talk to the lady that's, you know, the barista parlor. That might not be the hardest thing in the world, but that's, we're not, you know, the music industry is like the coolest thing in the world. Even if like down to the bare minimum songwriting part of it, if you're making money off of it, obviously, you know, it helps out. But down just, you know, it's cool just to be a songwriter, you know, or even like the interns. I remember like, I love hearing stories of, songwriters that have that were interns and being like dude i got to see some of the best catalogs and best you know stuff like that like my buddy will bunny was an intern before he was a guy or before he uh became a writer track guy whatever producer uh track guy but uh yeah he got to hear like some of the most incredible songs ever for spins the same way like it's just like there's just it's, it's incredible to even like know that we're walking around the same places that really cool people walk around that people pay big money and we're doing it for free and now within your songwriting and some of those guys you just mentioned i saw in 2021 so last year you had a sort of retreat with uh paul Giovanni, cole taylor and jeremy stover and you sat down for i think like four days and wrote six songs and really dove into who you were and who you wanted to present yourself as an artist and really diving into the personal nature of these songs that you were going to be releasing. And so talk about that time and developing yourself as an artist and finding yourself within your music. That was a cool time just because I, that was, they were kind of buttering me up to sign me or whatever. And uh, I didn't know who Paul Giovanni was. And I, uh, I knew Cole Taylor was, was super stoked about that and was, you know, about but by the second or third day, that's when I found out who Paul was. And I was like, wow, this is an even cooler trip than I even like had any halfway. Like, did not like, wow. And it was just cool to, you know, Cole's from, the, Cole's from Georgia and Jeremy's from Georgia and Paul's from uh, Massachusetts. And uh, yeah, just getting to, you know, hang out and hear stories. I was like, you know, I, it was. I've had a couple of those retreats since then and they've all been really crazy. And it's still like, it, like I, it, every, every moment I still the same. I'm like, this is wild that I'm even doing this. Like, we're, I mean, I'm at the beach writing songs. Like what? Like, <laughs> I, it's like, what? And we're got, and we're like, and like, it's like, it's just a cool, it's just like a cool, I mean, I mean, it's just crazy. Like where I'm getting just hand, I'm getting drunk with Jeremy Stover, number one writer, producer, Paul D. Giovanni, number one writer, producer, Cole Taylor, number one writer, and so on and so forth with everybody I went down to the beach with. And even days I get to like come in here and stuff like that. Like it's just incredible. Even it's just incredible. It really is. It's freaking wild. <laughs> and with each music that you release, we're going to have a new EP coming later next month because it's still August. I'm losing track of time. But the end of September, we're going to see a new EP from you. And so with each release of your music, do you find yourself growing as an artist and evolving as an artist? Oh, a hundred percent. 
Yeah, it's just one of them things that like, they're fast. I mean, releases are so fast, but unless they're like timed out to be long, and the EP will be kind of a lengthier thing. But the, like the, when you're dropping singles, especially when you haven't planned out like we do, you have to be you have to keep, keep the ball rolling as fast as you can. Like we'll be filming for the for the Friday's music video tomorrow, starting at like getting there at five thirty a.m. So like it's just kind of like you know you just be on top of things and knowing you know literally when you're just starting to work on one thing, we're planning for the next one. And it's right. like, you just, you can't like, can't focus too much energy. You have to learn to kind of roll with things and just like, because at the end of the day, it's not, it's, it's a song's going to do, it's a song's good enough and do what it's going to do. It's going to like, it's going to propel you to wherever. Right. And yeah. So. And with the new EP tripping over my boots, September 30th, I believe is the release date. Talk about this music. It seems like, from what I saw of you describing the tracks, it's very relationship oriented. And there's a song that you talk about sort of living the good life, no matter what, if you're in a relationship or not. And then um, sing uh, the single making up your mind is sort of about your desired dating scenario. And then tripping over my boots is about approaching a girl that you fancy that you like. And so talk about, just your mindset heading into this music. Is it very relationship oriented for you personally? I mean, there's tripping over my boots is a relationship. Making up my mind is relationship. And Creek Don't Rise is more of a relationship. I guess breaking up and getting drunk is a relationship too, because you know about breaking up and getting with a girl. But uh, different boots and back home buds is, um, they're two pretty home style like homegrown style songs like it's you know different boots first one of the course same old chevy same old fords you know what i mean back home buds it's like a coffee back home buds you know what i mean so it's like one of them no more of them type songs not just a miss you back vibe so right it's pretty well rounded i think i love Four of the songs I wrote on the last Rise Retreat, that was with Hunter Phelps, Will Bundy, and Jeremy Stover. So that was cool to – that was the first time I ever h- hanging in right with Hunter, too. So it was cool just to – I mean, we <laughs> got thrown in the mix of it, start, you know, <laughs> sleeping together, basically, sleeping in the same house. Like, it's one of them, like, you just get, like, instead of – I knew his music was really great. I knew his songwriting was really talented. I've always, like, kind of been a big fan of himself. And, you know, it's one of them Cole Taylor moments where you just get thrown into it and just, like, hope, you know. Hope you know how to be cool or hope you know how to hang. Is that an interesting thing? As you, I mean, you were able to build a strong community around you in Nashville, I believe, when you first sort of started making the move. But as you move into rooms with these bigger guys, are you comfortable right away or does it take you some time to get over the nerves and maybe get over some imposter syndrome that might be there of do I deserve to be in this room? I get it. I mean, it's probably, it's kind of one of them things that I still probably get butterflies with some people I ain't written with, but most times if, if it's like the, if I was going to write with like Chris Tompkins, I mean, I've written with him a couple times, so I walk in there and just like being my normal self, you know, and it's, I've written with some really cool people. So it's like, it's, it, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's a blessing to even think about it. And, uh, that's something I can, you can take for granted pretty easily. Um, especially being an artist. Uh, for getting that far but uh yeah just keep a cool head it's just not you know we're there to work they're there to work they want to get out and do something the same way so just show up ready to work and know how to know when to 
tag along and keep playing. No one stopped. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Now I saw when you wrote with Rhett Aikens that I believe you talked about sort of spending the whole week leading up to that, right? Jotting down ideas so that you'd have a lot of ideas when you went in and then you had like 20 ideas and he shot every one of them down. Now, as difficult as that might be, how is it important is an experience like that? I mean, it's, it kind of helps you like learn some things. I learned to just kind of roll with it and just don't, I have a list of songwriting. That was kind of early on in my songwriting publishing day. So I didn't have a long list of ideas. So I was, you know, definitely trying to rack up the best things and not coming in and be handed. Just really, I wouldn't say you got to have a verse and chorus or, you know, a melody or whatever that is, but just coming in with a, an idea or a title is key. I mean, songwriters are songwriters for a purpose. A lot of times, you know, I'm, I'm an artist first. I don't consider my, I consider myself a songwriter, but not like that. I'm an, I want to be considered an artist and uh, they can twist things like different boots was a title I had on my phone for a long time and Stoker twisted like it's probably a year and Jeremy we were just reading off our title at that point we were like god we gotta write the best song best song and Jeremy twisted that like that so just knowing just going with the flow my my girlfriend's a pop artist and she doesn't even bring ideas in and they write great songs all the time so it's literally so, it, it's so different it could be if you're talented and can do it, you don't need to prepare. Prepare. My roommate, he freaking prepares a lot, which he's really talented in himself, so he can do that and bring that in, yada, yada, yada. So I don't spend too much time thinking about it. <laughs> right. And now on the performance side of things, as you get to perform with other artists and bigger artists, what does that mean for you just not only in the exposure, but just being around those artists and seeing how they prepare and how they handle themselves and how they perform. That's something I really enjoy doing. It's just watching the pre-show and knowing how they do like pre-post and all that stuff. And like important for myself to do, to watch that, to know what I want to do and know what I want to not do and all that stuff. So I actually really, enjoy, I, I've always been the guy, they call it a, I heard this, Turn Agent Alley. I like to sit in the back or side stage. You know what I mean? I love that. So, and as you look back, it's only been what about six years since you first jumped on stage to sing. And so, as you look back at that and just the progression within yourself of being an artist, I mean, what do you think about that journey when you think back to that 16, 17 year old kid who jumped up for the first time? Been fast, a lot faster than I realized. Um, yeah, it's one of them from where I started to where I ended up has been feels like mountains moved and stuff like that. So it's nothing but a blessing is all it is. It's just just happy to be it's happy that it's God's plan in some way, shape or form, that I get that that music's my full time career, whether whatever whatever it is, I know there's a, a career in music for me somewhere and I'm learning that, you know. I'm not don't not think of a plan B, but knowing that, you know. I'll always be living in Nashville for sure and talk about Nashville because I was thinking off the start when you talked about Carrollton Georgia and growing up there and it being so quiet what has that transition been like to Nashville and the busyness of it and and sort of shifting into more of that busier lifestyle man it's been one of the things where uh I don't want to slow down in my old ways and learn to get my fix when I need it and know not to hit everything and hit every party or everything you get invited to. Just kind of just take it 
knowing that I, my job is to party sometimes on the stage, kind of it's like a grand scheme of thing. Like it is to like perform very heavily, stay up late. So take the times of weekdays to rest a lot and you know, focus on the things I can do myself and what I can control. I can't control that me talking to that person at that party, but I can't control me getting sleep, be rested up to work out and go right. You know what I mean? So stuff like that. Thank you once again so much for listening and thank you to Noah for stopping by and sharing his story. Be sure to check out his new EP, Tripping Over My Boots, on September 30th. Please also be sure to check out us on social media. We're available on all platforms, so just head over, search Country Music Made Me and give us a follow. You can also visit us at countrymusicmademe.com to sign up for our newsletter and receive exclusive content. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review a rating. It all helps and is very much appreciated. Thank you once again so much for listening and we'll see you next time on Country Music Made Me. Music